0: Right. Welcome to the restaurant marketing podcast where we talk about how multi unit brands successfully market at the local level one of my favorite topics. Uh, today in the show we welcome Jason tip of poke works. If you love poke you have definitely heard of poke works. Uh, They're the leading fastest growing fast casual poke brand in the world with 64 locations. Uh, using sustainable seafood and fresh produce sources, they create crave-worthy dishes like their sushi burrito. I know lots of people who talk about this all the time. Jason himself, he's been in the retail slash restaurant industry for more than three decades. Uh, that is 30-plus years of us, for uh, for those who are bad at math. Uh, now, most people who have done that have typically stayed in the same lane and not Jason He has led teams in marketing, strategy, analytics, development, and technology at brands that you've definitely never heard of, like Starbucks and Potbelly and Papa Murphy's and Redbox and Pink Joe and Bridge. And I say that jokingly because clearly we all know almost all of those brands. But it really does beg the question, what has Jason not done? Uh, We're not going to get into that today. But fun fact, Jason is a lifelong musician who's had a semi-professional career as the leader of a contemporary jazz group called Under the Lake. Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Rev. Thanks very much. I appreciate that.
0: I'm, I'm glad you're here. And by the way, uh, Jason and I realized that we could have had an entire 30-minute conversation about coffee. That might just have yes. to be a, com- a completely different conversation entirely. And, uh, or for the music, music
1: business, right? Because cool. you, yeah. you have a hidden background in the music industry as well. Uh,
0: unless you have dug deeply into the highlights on my Instagram page most or my LinkedIn page. People don't know that. But yeah, I was in the music business for 11 years. And uh, not that this is what I did, but I sang on five commercially released albums.
1: Awesome. There you go. God bless. You? Yeah, exactly. Commer-
0: com- commercially released albums?
1: Commercially released albums. Six commercially released albums over 30 years.
0: That's amazing. Major label, minor label, self-funded?
1: Oh, yeah. Independent label uh, and self-funded. Um, and there was a 15-year period where I was raising a family and focused on my day job that uh, I hardly, uh, hardly played at all. Um, it's interesting how, how life happens. But yeah, it was great. It's great. It continues to be great. So it's, it's nice. As I tell my kids, it's nice to have um, those things that, that take you out of your normal day to day that you can engage in and especially go deep and uh, are rewarding and kind of, uh, you know, feed the spirit. God bless. So
0: you still play, right? The band is still active and that's still. Yeah.
1: Still, still, still play, still perform, still record all of that.
0: That is awesome. I have no habits that don't involve food.
1: <laughs> hey, that's okay. I cook too on the weekends.
0: <laughs> Good times. Well, that we are not here to talk about habits or what we do in the weekend. Jason, you're a very successful person. You've done a lot of things. You've been in a lot of roles. I, I know we're going to get into some crazy stuff here, but I mean, let's just start with a very general conversation here. How do you think about marketing in, in a very digital age? Oh, um,
1: so... To me, the digital component is the how. It's kind of the tactical piece of it. it for me, it's always the most important. And I was having a conversation with a, with a, a team at, at PokeWorks yesterday. Um, and, and I many years ago, I, when I was starting to be a marketer and I was kind of, you know, you sort of have to formalize how you think about the world, how the world works to you. <clears throat> I had an epiphany that really opened doors for me and, and I have leveraged it. Uh, since and it's been very effective with operators franchise owners communicating to large groups at the end of the day whatever business we're in doesn't matter selling poke selling guitars at guitar center or selling cement uh you know from one business to another marketing's job is to get more customers to come more often and spend more money when they do and I do this hand thing because usually when I present on that, and in fact, if you go look at LinkedIn, I've written LinkedIn articles about this. I talk about it as my more, more, more strategy. And um, so it starts there. Those are the three outcomes. If we do the math, the number of customers we have coming in, how often they come and how much they spend, that math will explain our revenues. Weekly, monthly, it doesn't matter what period of time. That's the math. So then marketing is all about how do we acquire more customers, how do we make sure that people are coming in what I call their regular pattern of behavior? And then for those who are coming in, how do we think about getting them to spend more when they come in? And so the, whether it's the digital component or, or any other component, it's about marrying the right offer with the right medium uh, and the right creative, right? So, so um, what I learned a long time ago, we had a very, very active um, Customer, uh, uh, I guess customer targeting, custom customer contact program, at Redbox, we did a lot of text messaging. This was a long time ago, before text was even as huge as it is today. And what we learned there is that that particular channel worked fantastic for urgent communications. Hey, we're doing something today. Come today. Um, It's raining today. You're going to be hanging out at home come rent from Redbox, right? Or we're gonna do a deal, one day only deal. Well, I remember one time we did something like 10 days of deals and it was a different deal every day for 10 days and the amount of engagement was huge but it was all that sort of urgency driven thing. So you you need to think about what outcome do I wanna drive? Okay, I'm trying to drive frequency that you don't use, you don't use text right to to necessarily acquire new customers but I'm gonna use that to drive frequency And then the offer, the message, the content needs to be right for that particular technology. Now, at at, at PokeWorks, we just invested, um, both corporate and franchise owners, invested in a pretty substantial transformation and new MarTech stack. We launched new loyalty, well, relaunched our loyalty program on a new loyalty platform for us and um, new website, uh, new uh, e-commerce platform. Um, all of the things that you know you would think that you would want to implement to, to engage with consumers. And so for us this year, it's been all about trying to drive digital, trying to leverage all of that investment, all of the capabilities we built. The good news is latest results I saw are migration to uh, digital channel up and to the right. We're nicely into double digits in terms of uh, mix on our owned channels. And when we even have delivery as a service through a third party and we're, we're growing that relative to third party marketplaces. Um, you know, but we think about all of those different channels and all of those different tools in the context of what outcome am I trying to drive? How do I leverage that channel, that, that tool, that technology to drive that outcome?
0: Lot to unpack there, buddy. <laughs> uh, awesome though. I love you gave like the full thought, which is incredible. Um, How do you you measure any of this? Like, what are the tools or the systems that you're using to measure the outcomes, your your goals you have?
1: So I I wish we we were leveraging a CDP. We don't have a CDP. So there are some, I think people are getting more and more turned on to customer data platforms uh, than they were a few years ago. I started working with Bridge, and I think they're probably, until I see another one come along that says robust, I think they're the gold standard for retail and, and restaurant in terms of offline customer data, um, but you know CDP would be fantastic because then I'd know every customer that's coming in. I'd know if they're a new customer, I'd know if they're a repeat customer, I could measure all that. We don't have a CDP. So our best proxy is our loyalty program. So leveraging our loyalty program, we're working with Punch. They're, they've been a great partner. The platform has a lot of capability uh, and we do test and control on every um, outbound communication that we can. So we measure lift. Um, and so we' we'll, we'll look at that on a promotional basis. We also our finance team also looks you know for example we this morning we had our review of last week's uh, business performance and our finance team always looks at the communications and promotions and any of the marketing activi- activations in the context of last last week's results. Um, you know and things like we're tracking um, we're tracking the conversion metrics on our website we're tracking the cross-sell conversion metrics on our website we we're partnered with koala uh for our front end on um on our online ordering platform they have a bunch of capabilities they report to us a a ton of data that helps us keep track of that and and so we're kind of building out a scorecard that way
0: i said doing everything you can with the data you have
1: yeah that's the short answer yeah
0: Awesome. Uh, give us a quick walkthrough of like an overview of your loyalty program.
1: So ours is a pretty straightforward loyalty program. Spend $99, get nine. Um, we um, and, 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 you know, we relaunched it. That was the program before we relaunched it. We relaunched it. It's been out there for about six months. I think we have opportunities to mature it and um, build some other ideas into it in terms of rewards and tiers, things like that. I think it's a little early for us to get there. Um, we offer five dollars um, in credit when you join, so that's the first thing that gets folks in the door. Um, we've done really nicely this year, not just migrating people from the old platform, but acquiring new uh, rewards members. Um, and we also um, so so we do that, and then you know it's the it's the nine dollars for every ninety nine. Um, but then we leverage it a lot for the communication. So it's not just our loyalty accounting um, and validation, it you know we're leveraging punch for essentially our CRM platform as well. So, okay,
0: I want to make sure I understand. So you might have people in your CRM who are in loyalty and some who just get emails.
1: Correct. Yeah. And some who only get uh, may only get SMS. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I'm assuming that, do you do like newsletters or e-blasts everybody's different? Yeah, we're doing,
1: we do emails um, and texts. Um, and we typically, we typically, we try to think of it as 360 and integrated. So messaging that's um, any digital messaging that's going on typically around a, let's say an LTO. We want that message to, to be consistent across all of our channels at a given point in time. So if we're pushing yesterday, it was a $10 Tuesday. So on Tuesday, get a $10 LTO bull. Um, that message was consistent, maybe slightly different creative, slightly different execution across all of those digital channels. It went out in text. It went out in email. Um, it went out in app notification for people who have the app and are loyalty members. And it went out in social.
0: Got it. Okay, so it's a, pretty straight, it's a pretty straightforward loyalty program. You have some people who are tech, some people who are just email, some people who are all, maybe all three. Communication yeah, that, that's correct. Communication varies based on who they are in that list. Like you might have just a newsletter, you might have loyalty, communication, etc.
1: That's, that's exactly right. And then you know, we built into and are continuing to build out more sophisticated view of journeys, right? New guest journey. How do we get that guest to their second visit their third visit their fourth visit recall to try to um, reduce the number of guests guests who lapse for a long time so 30 60 90 day recall campaigns um and we're just starting to get into segmentation so that we're sending you know you and i may see the same creative for yesterday but you and i might see slightly different offers or um messaging to drive a sense of urgency to to make a transaction yesterday or today or tomorrow
0: Got it. So you're telling me, Hey, here's a poke bowl with no seafood. Cause you know, I don't like it.
1: You know, it's interesting. <laughs> so we're not quite that sophisticated yet, but that, that is, yeah. that, that's sort of like the Holy grail. So we, that's what we built when I was at Redbox. we built, um, now, so Redbox box, uh, it's really wonderful because that kiosk where you rent your DVD is the POS. So we had access to all the POS data. We didn't have to deal with another POS vendor or any of that. Uh, uh, the credit card was swiped at the kiosk. Every transaction was a credit card swipe. Um, and so we did we didn't do the res- we didn't do identity resolution, so um, you know I knew it was who, who was behind that credit card. But we did a lot of work to understand and link a credit card over time as an anonymous user. This card is consistently used. It's used with, with or without these other cards at this kiosk at this location. This is one person. Um, to understand customer lifetime value and behavior over time. But what we got to, Rev, to your point, is I also knew everything you rented, everything you ever watched. So rather than sending out, um, Tuesdays was new release day. Uh, If I have a new release, rather than just sending out the biggest box office title as the new release, if it's a romantic comedy and all you ever rented from Redbox was kids' DVDs or horror movies, what I should show you instead is something that's consistent with your prior behavior and your, your perceived tastes, right? So to your point, the place you can get as a restaurant business that's very interesting, and there are, I think there are companies, the more sophisticated, larger companies that are out there, and you and I know that we both do it if we were working in a restaurant and we had our regulars at the local level, we would be doing this is, hey, yeah, um, I can tell from your pattern of behavior that you're not a meat eater. So I would reflect your protein preference in my interactions with you. And some brands, I think, from a technology platform standpoint, I haven't seen them activate that yet, but I believe that they have the capability to do that, to differentiate and to anticipate. You know, if you think about Chipotle, for example, um, they certainly would have all the data to know. And I think they've done the identity resolution work and the CDP work and the CRM. I mean, they—they're you know way out their head, or or Domino's, you know, to know that you never order pepperoni on a pizza. So I should never try to entice you to make a transaction by showing you a pepperoni pizza, right? The
0: opposite would be true in my house,
1: but hundred percent agreed on the theory. <laughs> yeah, pepperoni is my favorite.
0: I have a six-year-old at home. Uh, and we once went to a pizzeria and this is a quick story and they didn't have pepperoni as a topping and he has not forgotten it ever and tells people all the time. I don't understand how this can
1: happen. <laughs> yeah, that's challenging for me too. I'm with him. <laughs> all right.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here. Um, I want to get, we talked some good theory here. I want to get tactical. Sure. Sixty-sixty-four 64 locations. Am I accurate there? Close.
1: Uh, yeah, I think the latest number is 68. We've got two in Mexico, one in Taiwan, um, and we've got a couple of licensed locations in the U.S., three licensed locations in the U.S. So depending on how you do the count, I think we're up to 68, uh, seven of which are company owned and a little over 60 are traditional uh, franchise locations.
0: For the sake of the show, you get credit for all 68. So. Right. Uh, I just can't go back and record the intro. Anyway, how do you as the person that really oversees marketing, which to me really is, is sales, right?
1: how do yep. you make sure
0: every single location gets what they need? Like whether they're surviving, whether they're struggling, whether they're brand new, whether they're the oldest one, whether they're franchise like how do you think about at the location level?
1: Uh, it's challenging and it's and it's um, challenging in a you know a smaller brand, a growth oriented brand, um, we have, we have some, you know, fantastic people, both on the brand side and, and at the franchise operator level. Um, we have a fair amount of, of, franchise operators who are not from the industry. This may be their first business experience, uh, very likely their first restaurant experience. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of building capability and a lot of teaching and a, a lot of, um, uh, informing involved. So, um, it, it's a struggle, uh, you know, it's sort of a struggle to uh, to communicate. One of the things that we've had to do is sort of build the how-to book on, for example, new restaurant opening. How do you re- open a new restaurant and use that as the leverage point to essentially educate on how do you market your restaurant? What do you do, right? So, so there, there really isn't much you do for a new restaurant opening, maybe than a grand opening event that you don't continue to do or that you shouldn't continue to do all the way along. A lot of it starts with start engaging with the community. Think of it as a process, not an event. It's not a grand opening event. It's the first 90 days or first six months of operating. Um, How are you going to make people aware? Sure, if I'm a Taco Bell uh, owner operator, I've got a lot of advertising and brand halo. People know who Taco Bell is. We don't need to explain it. But PokeWorks, they may not know what Poke is. The name PokeWorks may not translate for them. They may think it's a Pokemon shop. I mean, I I don't know, right? And so, you know, we have a franchise operator um, who had an existing business already in the community. They had already learned that. So when they came to PokeWorks, it was they knew how to engage with their community like the back of their hand. Well, now, how do we take what they've done and their experience and translate that codify that um, and communicate that to franchise owners. So we spend a lot of time on process. We spend a lot of time on educational tools. We spend a lot of time on uh, trying to find um, models of, of, of folks who are doing it well in the business and using those models as role models for, for others.
0: What kind of marketing is left to a franchisee?
1: Oh, quite a bit in our business. So we we um, manage the digital channels for the most part. Um, franchise owners, for example, um, digital is is our purview. The uh, uh, socials our purview. Um, we uh, we will support franchise owners if franchise owner wants to do something in social or digital. We're there to support them. We'll help them execute it. We'll help them with creative, all of that. Um, but there's a ton of really important work that. In, in our business happens at the local level. Um, we're not one of those big systems with a lot of co-ops and, you know, a lot of contribution to a national marketing fund. We're, you know, obviously not buying TV. You know, Papa Murphy's, we bought a lot of TV at, at, at the co-op level. Um, so there's a lot in terms of that local community engagement, um, engaging with the consumer in the restaurant, building those relationships in the restaurant, um, uh, encouraging people to join the loyalty program, which is the part of the flywheel that we can, you know, turn the crank on, but at the end of the day, the level of engagement in the restaurant really matters. And then it's the local marketing spend. Whether it's print or it's local digital that, that they fund and we support, um, it really comes from their inspiration to take action.
0: All right. So, you get a store that calls you and says, "Jason, yo know my man, I don't know what's going down, but we hit a 20% drop in the last two months, we can't figure it out. What do you do?
1: So hopefully we're reaching out to them before that that kind of uh, pattern transpires. I and mean, we talk about it and work on it a lot. So the first thing we do when we engage with a, a franchise owner who, who reaches out to us or somebody that we reach out to because we see a pattern um, is we look at the data. So for example, where are you on, um, Pokeworks Rewards member enrollment. So when somebody enrolls in Pokeworks Rewards, they have to choose their favorite store. We can look at the data and we can say, okay, well, here's where the top 20% are in terms of enrollments, new enrollments, you know, engagements, activations, all of that. Where are you? Well, a lot of times somebody might be in the bottom 20% um, because they've not made it important at their restaurant level for the crew to engage the guests about knowledge to join the program. Well, when we think about my megaphone, the flywheel, where at at the corporate level, we have the ability to communicate directly with guests, Um, the the bigger that group of of engaged rewards members is, the, the larger the funnel to talk to nationally, but also for that restaurant. And so if that restaurant owner wants to do an offer or a message, help drive transactions just for them for their rewards members you know if they have 40 rewards members it's a very small group of people that we're talking with if they have 400 or four thousand, right it's substantially larger group but we'll look at other things like what is their um, what's their third party delivery relative to benchmarks uh in terms of uh where coming in right so does that mean you want to go do a promotion with doordash to acquire more customers or you don't wanna be doing promotions with DoorDash to acquire more customers, right? Because you you may be getting more than your fair share of third-party delivery. You need to work on owned channels, right? So so we'll dive into, as you said earlier, using whatever data that we have to look at benchmarks and make recommendations and, and kind of consult on what action items one might take. Okay. Billion percent makes sense. Diagnostic check. Right. And
0: hopefully you're in front of it anyway. I assume, I assume with you, you probably are. Uh, okay. So let's say, let's say that the it is you've diagnosed all the problems and it's literally, we just got to acquire new guests. What are, what are your like go-to tactics
1: or channels for new guest acquisition? So we encourage owners to get out in the community first and foremost. Um, We'll talk a little bit about what's your real estate, right? Are you visible, right? All, all of sort of that like basic stuff that hopefully isn't the problem. But what are you doing to get out of your restaurant and engage in the community? What are you doing to get out and um, are there, is, is there 24-hour fitness or lifestyle fitness? Or is, there, is it, what are the demand generators nearby where you could go and engage with them and offer them uh, a, a new customer discount or deliver them samples of food? Um, we have this, we have this notion of lunch on us. So we encourage, you know, you're trying to build your catering business, or you're just trying to engage people to come to us for lunch from a particular, uh, nearby employer, deliver lunch to try to figure out who the influencer is, right? Is it the receptionist? Is it somebody else? Um, and engage with them. Um, we'll, we'll encourage in certain circumstances, we'll encourage them to invest in search marketing, right? So, um, Sometimes, sometimes if there's a strong competitor, uh, we need to be in there. We need to be, we need to be a little bit higher up in search than we are. Um, And we'll, we'll try to engage uh, social, do some social advertising uh, as well. in a, in a geo-fenced area.
0: Uh, All right. So when you say search marketing, are we talking organic? Are we talking paid? Are
1: we talking both? Sorry. So yeah, paid. Um, Yeah. So paid. So like what we have learned works really well for us in terms of customer acquisition is that we have, we offer $1.99 delivery. If you order through our channels, $1.99 delivery, that's it flat, flat fee. And, um, and so we, we found if we uh, if we spend money on basically $1.99 deliver delivery at PokeWorks, uh, we can get a lot of uh, new customer acquisition. Now, it's possible those customers could be coming over from third-party delivery. We're okay with that um, if that's it. But our results so far suggest that when people are, you know, doing a search for delivery for dinner tonight, um, we're getting we're getting new customers from that.
0: All right, so you're 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 interrupting somebody who's already hungry with at the right time
1: right that's the goal right i mean we'll go back to the your original question which was you know what does what marketing do? And most of the time we're just trying to get people to do something they wouldn't otherwise do right god bless do you do any direct mail does that work for you we don't do any direct mail i've, I've done direct mail in the past i in the way back i did we've done a lot of direct mail um i've seen it work in some cases in other cases it's not not so successful we haven't done it so much here at PokeWorks. Our our customers heavily heavily oriented towards Gen Z and Millennial, um, and I'm not sure direct mail does quite as well with Gen Z and Millennial as it did with my generation or my parents' generation. Um, we do we have we have looked at sort of street team programs where you can kind of engage people on the street or in nearby businesses. Um, and and in in some cases, seen some some good pickup from that.
0: That's why I tell you, what, direct mail definitely does not work here in New York City. So, yeah, <laughs> that is. Yeah, maybe, maybe if you're handing out pizza flyers, I don't know, but it, it certainly doesn't work. Uh, all right, let, let's sw- switch to acquisition. I'm sure most of your answers are going to be loyalty. But what's the best channel for? Or sorry, retention. What's the best channels for retention?
1: Um. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, loyalty is great. Loyalty is a program you have like hopefully, and I think we all expect that people who believe they're going to come back in the future are joining the loyalty program. So um, I think it's very effective for maintaining that, you know, that turning that crank and keeping people in what what I think of as their normal cycle of behavior. Um, But I think, you know, I think having a frictionless, um, well-delivered experience is probably the most important thing for retention. Um, You know, Good customer service. I mean, one of the one of the two things that we see most often in terms of poor ratings online for PokeWorks, when it does happen, it's poor service. You know, somebody doesn't feel like they were treated well, or you know, the they got rude or um, not thoughtful service, right? Um, and the second is, um, I ordered something for pickup or delivery, and it, you didn't get the order right. And, you I'm know, all, and
0: I'm often angry with my ranch sauce doesn't come. So I understand. Right. Right. So, you know,
1: I, 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 it's that's the, that's the biggest one for me. I think if we deliver a great experience, uh, everything after that is easier. All
0: right. A little bit of speed around here. Cause I want to end this on time. Yep. Do you guys, do you guys reply to your reviews or do, you, do your franchisees reply to the reviews? Does anybody reply to reviews?
1: We have a, we have a corporate program. We have an offshore team actually that is well-trained and they reply to all of our reviews on all of our platforms every day.
0: Love it. Awesome. How do you collect guest feedback?
1: Every way we can. So we, we collect feedback through the loyalty program. We look at, as I said, all of the reviews. So we work with review trackers. They scrape all of the reviews for us. Um, We collect, I mean, it's every channel, it's every channel.
0: Awesome. Uh, I had like 10 other questions, of course. Uh, we're going to run out of time before I get to all my questions. Uh, but J- Jason Tibb from PokeWorks, this has been awesome. I think you're an incredible thinker. I think one of the things that makes you unique in what you do is you've been on multiple parts of the organization. So you don't just think like a marketer, you understand the whole system. And I
1: think that really aids to your own success. So. Awesome. Well, thanks, Rob. I really appreciate spending spending the time with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And by the way, if you're uh, watching this live, give us a like or a share if you thought this was great. And if you're listening to the audio podcast, uh, please like and give us a rating and share with other people you might think uh, would benefit from this conversation and make it a great taste day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jason. Awesome. Thanks.